Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Hi everyone. I'm well, it's obvious. I'm John Verhoeven, and I was a cop back in the 80s in Sydney. And I'm Paul Verhoeven, John's son. I'm an author, and I wrote two books about Dad's time as a cop. The first five seasons of Loose Units spanned my time in general duties, forensics, my time as a firefighter, and even my stint running a funeral home. This season, we're visiting the locations of Australia's most notorious, baffling, horrific crimes, and looking at what happened there. From Snowtown to the family. From the Morehouse murders to haunted highways, this season of Loose Units is your go-to guide to the worst crimes in Australian true crime history. Welcome to Loose Units: The Shadow Files. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Loose Units: The Shadow Files. Dad and I usually talk about some pretty disturbing stuff, and generally speaking, Dad and I are on the same page research-wise. We, you know, we go away, we do our research, we sort through case files, look at photographs, sift through evidence. And then collect ourselves, take a deep breath, and dive into the show. But today, Dad has unearthed a story from the archives that he wanted to tell me completely cold. So, Dad, without further ado, would you like to describe to me and the listeners what you felt was necessary to kind of keep hidden from me until now? Mm, Well, let's just start by saying we've just come off the back of a four-part story about the Blacktown Rapist. which was heavy, and Mm -hmm. I feel as though you had reached your your upper limit. My ceiling was... uh, I was pressed against the ceiling, yes. It was a little bit draining, four episodes Mm. dealing with something so disturbing. Now, it's not like sometimes I say to Dad, hey, uh, this is a true crime podcast. I know you were a cop in the 80s. I know your, your limit's pretty high. But could we maybe next week deal with a case that is slightly less... Emotionally harrowing. Now, I'm yep. assuming that you've run in the opposite direction. I have. I have. So, you you, you had um, put forward a few ideas, mm-hmm. um, which we will not discuss and we will not disregard because they're mm-hmm. um, you know, some great ideas. Um, but I have come across a case and it's very disturbing I'm kind of glad that your reaction today will be visceral. Yes. In fact, uh, Christine, uh, just for the listeners, also we're recording this on a Sunday, which is unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, so Christine is seated reading. She's not usually in the room, is she? She's, She's not. usually never. Okay. Never. Now, just to be clear, we're 
we're not going to move to Sundays normally, or permanently rather. Because no, no, no. I've, no, I'm I'm recording a audio book for a, the memoir of a yes. Listen, yes. I'm not allowed to mention, but it means that basically Mondays are off. So yeah, we're sitting here on a beautiful, cozy Sunday, mm. and Dad's Dad's really, I think, ready to unleash. I am, I am, and also, uh, so I've explained to Christine that she's going to hear some fairly terrible things. Yeah, and sweet Christine, in her usual calm and very calculated response, said to me, yeah. uh, yes, but it happened a long time ago. Yeah, is- and mum's, mum's, um, she's an interesting one because as listeners know, mum and dad met on the force. Mum used to be a cop, but also mum has a fairly intense investigation adjacent job now. She has for many years, hmm. but also she's a, she's a big true crime fan. Doesn't listen to loose units, cough, cough, probably because it's too close to home. But mum is deeply invested in the whole genre of true crime. She's really, I think in terms of the calluses around her soul that you've all got from listening to true crime, she's sitting on your level, listeners. So I think if mum sometimes sounds a little bit hand wavy, it's because uh, she's got a strong stomach. Mm. It's fair to say. So with this particular story, listeners, firstly, I tried to do some, um, you know, background research Mm-hmm. Apart from the information that that Paul and I have, which is it's a it's an extraordinary source, quite extraordinary. Yeah, and there's virtually nothing out there about this case. It's one of those cases that involves a twelve year old boy. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. I don't like cases that involve um, children being hurt. Do we need to put a trigger warning in for this episode? No, or? this 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 boy, the twelve-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. The, the um, I'm not going to say at this stage um, what he does or doesn't do. Unusual. But okay. Let's just say that um, the um, the police the very senior detective from the Homicide Squad. Mm -hmm. So already there's the first clue for our listeners and for yourself. Um, To get the Homicide Squad involved in any crime, um, it has to be in the absolute upper echelon of crimes. No, really? Because I would assume that any time anybody was found... In no. suspicious circumstances, no? No, because the, the local detectives can handle these cases. That is a, actually a very interesting distinction that I've never actually thought about, listeners. I know that might, might sound silly, but I would have assumed that homicide... Okay, so first of all, how do you define a homicide, Dad? Well, as we've discussed before... Look, mm. I think we'll just, at this juncture, just <laughs> proceed and let the listeners come for the ride. Okay, sure. It's not a pleasant ride. Mm-hmm. Um... And very, very disturbing because this particular crime, this event, yep. takes place in a town. It's called Ardleton, and it's in western New South Wales. Okay. I've been looking at the map because, as I like to do, there's a there's a town nearby called West Wyalong. Uh-huh. The only reason. That I know that town is that some of our listeners will be familiar with the fact that I used to 
do bottle shows. Is that a sentence? Do a bottle show? Um, I think do a bottle show sounds like you and your mates are out on the piss. It sounds like a kind of weird way of phrasing things. But when you say bottle shows, just for context, for new listeners, dad used to uh, dive semi-illegally with Julian, who is a prominent character in the Loose Units universe uh, yep. and real life uh, mm. under a different name. Yep. And they would get bottles from the harbour and then they would go out and sell these antique bottles at bottle shows, which I'm assuming are sort of like antique fairs, but specifically for colonial era bottles. Yes? That's right. And I used to love okay. going by myself because I love driving yep. by myself. And I used to travel even interstate. Now, this juncture, the listeners are going, please, John, just get on with the story. Which I, <laughs> I shall do. So there's a 12-year-old boy. <clears throat> now there's a lady. And her name was yep. Laura Ellen Shannon. She okay. was around about your mm-hmm. grandmother's age. She was um, grandma's 89. This mm-hmm. particular woman, Laura, was 87. Okay? Uh, when th- this story takes place. Sure. Now, she and her, she and her, she and I yeah. had something in common. Uh, not that I like dressing up in ladies' clothing. Is it childbearing hips? I certainly don't have those. Um, <laughs> no, it's because she was the, yeah. the recipient of... Uh-huh. In this town of Ardleton, of numerous gardening awards. Yeah, that's right. So this is another weird memory that I've blocked out. You and Mum were featured in several mm. fairly prominent. Were you in uh, better? Oh, just you, was it? Just me. So yeah. Better Homes and Gardens magazine featured uh, your landscaping and garden stuff, and also some interior design. I think. But I won a yeah, and I won a competition. Do you still Actually, have? Hmm. Do you still have that a copy of that magazine? By the way. Mm. Not sure. Did you lose it in your many, one of your many culls? One of my minimalist phases. Right. No so, memories to be held no. of your existence on the planet. So she <laughs> had won numerous council competitions. And I've actually seen a photograph. I have a photograph and Paul, I did forward the photograph onto you, but it was difficult for you to see the photo without sort of getting ensconced in the story. Uh-huh. Her house was immaculate. She had a reputation. She was sprightly. And to give you an example of her, she she was, another thing she actually shares in common with your grandmother, there are very few people that I know that can keep up with my mother walking. Have you ever tried to keep up with her? It's insane. You blink and she's gone. Then she stops and she looks back, sort of waiting. Why up on earth isn't everyone sort of walking at the same pace? she walks at and on the morning of a particular event that we're going to bury into she's 87 she actually painted the ceiling of one room in her house i think that's dangerous because it would involve getting up a ladder but it shows you she was very very uh fit she all the locals knew her it's a small country town A 12-year-old boy develops a friendship with her. And in the beginning, it's just he comes around to her house regularly and he does odd jobs. Who is this this 12-year-old boy? What what is his relationship to her? Just a neighborhood Uh, kid? He's just a a kid who lives in the town. Okay. And he's, I mean, she's getting on. 
you know, there would have been a few things that he could have assisted her with. And one of the things that he used to help her with was the Mm. mowing, mowing of the lawn. And I know what it's like. When I was 12, I had my own mowing run and it was a shit job because all the locals Mm -hmm. would just wait till their grass was about a metre tall, then call muggins around. And it was quite, quite depressing. I thought it was a sort of borderline, you know. Anyway, so he he is doing a lot of work for her over mm-hmm. the six-month period. Now, he's clearly a fairly astute young kid. What he does, which I think's clever, he comes up with a proposal. And he says that he would like to hire her lawnmower and then cut all the other residents' lawns. That and seems then, like a very yeah smart business model, smart. basically. And, so, but okay. not only that, not only that. Uh-huh. In return, yeah, he's going to cut her in on the deal. She's actually going to be receiving a oh. share of his of his of his earnings, and that's fair. Okay. Yeah, this really does sound like the beginning of a beautiful friendship and a very smart business venture. Yeah, he's twelve. Yeah. He he's smart. He's savvy. Yeah, he's he's clearly. I, I feel mm. that he actually um, he would have had, and if he's still alive, uh, would have a beyond average IQ. Okay, he's, he's got all the the makings. Um, and then things go awry. Once he develops this this relationship with her, he's yeah. he's hiring out her mower, or she's hiring it to him, and then he has to pay her. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens is one day she discovers the 12-year-old boy in her home without her permission. Weird. Yes. And she reports it to a senior constable, Conley, okay, at the Arlton mm-hmm. Police Station. And she, okay. com- she complains. And the senior constable, the backbone of the New South Wales Police Force and probably any police force in Australia, that, that's that classic rank. And then, of Did course, you, you didn't make senior. No, did I didn't make senior constable. Yeah, because back in the old the old days, it was a you had to wait nine years to become a senior constable, and I just missed out. Okay, I pulled, I pulled the pin. So this lovely senior constable, and like in a country town, he goes and he sees you know the kid in the presence of his mother, which is really important when you're talking minors, and. The kid agrees to repay, and it was it was sixty dollars that he owed her okay. in, in in sort of instalments that had not been paid. But then they come to an agreement, and he says, "I agree to pay um, Mrs. Shannon back the sixty dollars." And he also made an undertaking in the presence of his mother and the senior constable not to go near her. Okay. Yep. And then a few weeks later. Uh-huh. He he didn't undertake any of those um any of the agreement that he'd promised to and he goes back to her house this 12-year-old and he starts arguing. And Mrs. Shannon says that after some weeks he's only repaid her $5 of the 60. And he continues to come around to the house and 
they have arguments and then he and this is this this is the beginning of the <clears throat> this story that starts to should should make our listeners feel that things are starting to go awry and one of the things is that this boy would come to her house without her permission mm-hmm. and then he would just because she's old and frail that's that's his perception and she is in her late 80s and he would just walk around the house going into rooms while she's there and he would and she'd go what are you doing and you know he's just sort of he's he's operating on a level where he has total disregard for this particular person who owns the house <clears throat> and then she begins to realize that small amounts of money are being taken and she actually sees him on one occasion remove money from her purse she confronts him inside her own home and he just he just refuses and says well what are you going to do about it and he leaves and then mrs shannon goes back to the the lovely senior constable but, but problematically paul she because she's a lovely person she says yeah. To the senior constable, I want I want this to be acknowledged. I want the boy to be spoken to, but I don't want any police action taken. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I don't want so any action. she's like, he's a 12-year-old. It sucks, but I don't want you to charge the kid or anything. I just want you to help it stop. And it's a small town, so presumably there's a lot of, you know, you know, you know. parents, you know, friends. There's yes. a lot of, okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And um, 
you know, so she says on one hand that she doesn't want the police to take any action, but because mm. she's so concerned about his age, she's genuinely concerned. She's thinking a 12-year-old, I don't want to make this too heavy. I just want mm. my money back. She's still owed $55 from the original agreement, plus yep. he's also been stealing. <clears throat> and he steals from her while she's in the... He just walks in. So wait, there's a, okay, so it starts as a kid who's mowing lawns. Then he starts borrowing the, uh, well, you know, cutting her in on some sort of business deal. And then he's entering her house, stealing her money, hassling her. Uh, what recourse do you have? And this is just a general question. Uh, when some, If somebody's doing this, what can you actually do legally? I mean, they're not mm. breaking and entering. Technically uh, speaking, mm. you have invited him in before, right? <clears throat> no, she's, it's getting to the stage where he's not being invited in. Um, look, he, I don't want to sort of jump too far ahead mm. as to how he gets into the house, but it's, things are sort of clearly, you know, starting to, this is the early stages mm-hmm. and, you know, the senior constables work in a, a country town. It is big enough to have a, uh, a high school. Mm-hmm. So what happens is the senior constable cleverly um, because the, 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 the lady has said, look, I want him spoken to. So what he does, he goes to the, the kid's school and he has a meeting with the boy and the headmaster. So when you are interviewing a young person, there are certain people within society, um, if you can't get the parents, you can use a minister of religion, definitely a headmaster. That is just to make it above board so that no allegations can be made and make sure that the child actually understands you know, mm-hmm. what is happening. So they have this meeting and according to the police officer, there was no doubt in the child's mind as to Mrs. Shannon's requirements, okay? So the police officer in front of the principal and the young boy says, this is the last time that we're not going to take action. If anything else happens, you're going to be in trouble with the police. And the the boy who would have, one would assume at this juncture would have been thinking, shit, this is, this is heavy. I mean, I've been called into the principal's office. Police are here. Imagine what the other kids, I mean, it's just, and, and in a country town, the, the, you know, the, the rumours, the gossip. And then the child, he backs off. And there were, for some months, there were no, um, he didn't visit her. Mm-hmm. But then in early March of 1979, um, people, witnesses heard this 12-year-old abusing her in the local shopping centre. Right. And that's when Mrs. Shannon realises that she had a like a key for the rear door of the property. It had been taken. And she sort of, she suspected... And she actually mentioned her her concerns that this boy had taken the key and she only mentioned it <clears throat> to her daughter-in-law, okay? She does not report this to Senior Constable Conley. So we're starting to get a bit of a, a bit of a feeling, aren't we, that he's got yeah. he's now got a key to the property. She I'm then now worried. I mean I'm I'm very concerned that this is gonna be a story about um it's fucked. About this kid getting killed by an old woman, but please continue. <clears throat> so, yeah. 
she feels that he now has access to her house. Bearing in mind, listeners, <clears throat> I wanted to say this at the beginning of the podcast. Just imagine, try and think back to when we were all 12 years of age, what we were doing. Pretty um, uh, pretty harmless shit, honestly. If I'm, look, I'm speaking for myself here, but I was a pretty... Yeah, you were there. I was a harmless 12-year-old, right? Mm, mm. So... On a particular afternoon, she walks. Now, she has to walk two streets and she buys some groceries Mm -hmm. at a store. It's called Scully's General Store. And they make arrangements because there's no way on earth. She doesn't drive. It's two blocks. She's she's definitely frail. So the the store organized for her her produce to be be home delivered, uh, which is which is great. And a couple of people saw her walking and she walks past this butcher shop and she she goes home. Now, that same afternoon, around 5.30, a guy by the name of Peter Scully, he's the son of the family that owned Scully's General Store. He's delivering the groceries to Mrs. Shannon's house. Okay. And... He knocks on the rear door, which would have been protocol, I guess, yep. for delivering in particular to her place, not mm-hmm. the front. So he goes around the back and there's no response. So he enters um, a lot of country houses in Australia. have got sort of a rear porch area, which my grandmother certainly did. That's where she had her, her sort of artist studio. And he then makes his way onto the porch. Then he looks in through a window and... He sees the elderly lady mm-hmm. lying in a pool of blood. Oh, boy. Yep. Okay. So he contacts the police, in- including the local police officer, Senior Constable Conley, okay, mm. and another plainclothes detective who just happened to be, because there's no detective in that town. There's just the constable. But there was a detective from another station who happened to be in the town. And fortuitously, they were together in the station and they both headed off to to the house. Now, they... This is really fucked up. Um, Did you look at any of the photographs I sent you? No, I've tried to stay completely clear. So I've been to these cases. Uh, This is a particularly harrowing case where there was skull, like scattered pieces of skull, chunks of skull, what the fuck? all over the floor. But not only that, there was broken Bakelite. You know what Bakelite is? It's like, like from a, a phone or a yeah, radio? Like, or? Yeah, well, it's from, it doesn't really matter what it's from. It's, it's mm. a, an early 1930s, 40s plastic. But I'm saying um, if, it's a, if it's a murder weapon, it would matter well, what it's from, that's, right? that's a very good assumption. Um, so there's blood, there's bone fragments, there's, there's lots of bad shit. There's, there's, there's blood on the walls. It's really fucked up. Mm -hmm. The police are really, really clever. They're very shrewd. They understand clearly that this is a crime scene. So they have to be yeah. very, very careful about not disturbing any of the evidence, the physical evidence. Yeah. They have to, they, they, they take, um, they make observations. They don't, they certainly don't have cameras on them. This is, this is not a time when, you know, police 
particularly general duties, even plain clothes, that's, they didn't have cameras. You would call forensics and fingerprints in. So they have to maintain. But as they reach down, drop to their knees, she's still warm. <clears throat> no pulse. She's lying face down. Her arms are in a really weird position. But get ready for this, listeners. Mm-hmm. She is holding a knife in her left hand. Oh, wow. Okay? Yep. And I'm now looking at a photograph, an unadulterated, uncensored photograph of the deceased lying there. It's depressing. The number of times I've seen these, I've been that person taking these photos, and she's clearly holding a knife, but her arm is in the weirdest position. Imagine if you're lying on your stomach and your hand is mm-hmm. twisted around, and imagine putting your hand on your buttocks. Okay, so that's quite an awkward place to be. Then you've got this knife in your hand. It's a very, very unusual uh positioning let's just say that without giving too much away at this juncture uh there's a torn blind and really disturbing this is so disturbing listeners underneath a chair probably a maybe two-thirds of a meter from the victim's head are her false teeth oh god okay and and that's bad that begins to make you realize that, you know, it makes you think that something really, really terrible has happened here. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the police found it very unusual that the knife could be incredibly easily removed from her hand. Okay? So already, Paul, are you, are you, are you forming some thoughts here perhaps? Uh, okay. My assumption would be if she died holding the knife, it would be gripped in her hand. Yeah. If it had been placed in her hand afterwards and the body's still warm, rigor mortis wouldn't have set in. Mm. So Good call. Is it possible? My Okay, just at this stage, I'm sure all the listeners are on the same page. They have an argument. Um... The kid snaps and kills her, probably using something like a phone or a radio or something, Bakelite sewing machine, something. And then he places a knife in her hand so later he can claim self-defense. Is that a reasonable assumption? Yeah, Paul. I'll tell you what, mate. You missed your vocation. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Love your work. The um, They they bring a doctor around, as, as you do, mm-hmm. and because they need to pr- pronounce life extinct. Yep. And... Preserve the crime scene, and then they organise for senior detectives to be uh, brought in from Wagga Wagga. Okay. Um, and also the scientific section, that's yep. where they were based. And the scientific police, two of them, um, they formed the opinion that, um, as, you, as you rightfully said, Paul, um, she'd been brutally bludgeoned about the head, okay? okay, by an instrument similar to a bar, but it must have had something around it which was made of bakelite, okay? Right, yeah. And 
Interestingly enough, Paul, they also found that rear door key. Now, we don't know whose key it is at this stage, do we? No. Because we know that she had one and we know that one was missing. Just behind the rear door, they find the key. And this is interesting and I, I find this quite fascinating. They also found two blood-stained tea towels hanging on a towel rack in the kitchen, which is weird. So, that's yeah. just, you know, that's, um, it's odd. Uh, but just remember the towels, remember the key. And they, they began to realise that this particular, the victim had actually not only been attacked in one location, but there were multiple locations around the house. Okay? Yep. And they they bring in more detectives and they then convey the deceased to the mortuary. Yep. And this is going to get a bit gruesome here, I'm sorry, but um, when they do the post-mortem, they find that the deceased had died of multiple fractures to the skull and they discovered after shaving her head, and I again have access to the photographs, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a carbon copy of that case that I went to where the mother was in that granny flat. Remember that one? Yes. And the, 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 the guy came with a, with a ball pane hammer. With a, ha- with a hammer, yes. And then there was, it got thrown next door Correct. into the backyard of the bikies. The bikie gang. Right, with a dog. Yeah, amazing story. Okay. <clears throat> so these photos that, I've, that I have now before me are very reminiscent. Uh, I, you know, if, if they could be the same, the same, you know, if you just, the, the, the level, the severity of injury. They discovered... She'd been hit about the head mm-hmm. twenty-four times, which is that's that's a quarter of a hundred. That's a massive number. They also discovered electrical wire that they later dis- had established that it this wire had been attached to the weapon. Okay, they found wire embedded in the rear of a skull, and they also found a stab wound to the left side of her neck. Dad, i got to be honest, I'm listening to this story and I'm kind of realising that there is a lot more here than just a single episode. So I'll tell you what, we're going to park it here for today's episode of Loose Units and we're going to continue this next Tuesday. So everybody, this is a very strange case. I honestly wasn't anticipating this. Dad has really thrown a spanner in the works in a good way and this case is just absolutely bizarre. So... Make sure you tune in towards the end of this week. We're going to have a loose end. Lots to talk about there. And in the meantime, have a great week, everybody. I am somewhat flabbergasted. I keep thinking about what I was like, age 12, and I am genuinely confused as to what's going on here. So next week, we're going to find out about what this kid did, if in fact he did what we think he did. Thank you for listening to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Stay safe, and we will see you all soon for more Loose Units. Bye. Cheerio. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.